Welcome to the Salty Investors episode number 20, the big 2-0. Woo! How are you Got feeling, it. Tim? Oh, hyped. Hyped, mate. Yeah, <laughs> of course you would be. It's a big day. Uh, so let's get to it as we do in every show. What's your salt for this week, Tim? Um, I've just learned about this new term called um, super core inflation. I thought I knew a fair bit about inflation, but, um, you know, the normal CPI, you know, that upticked yep. again, you know, you think that I'll be salty about that this week, you know, it's gone up and the market rallied, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, PCI, we know about that and PCE, you know, and, um, and core inflation. Yeah. We sort of know, yeah. they sort of use that to filter out things you don't really use like housing and fuel. You know, things like that but now they've got this yeah, one that called... you don't use yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> now we've got super core which is like just focusing basically on core services so ah uh, and they reckon pal is sort of looking at this one pretty closely and yeah it's 6.4 um and it's not really dying down at all you might know services like you get a haircut or yeah, yeah. someone yeah. mow your lawn you know you're up for 80 bucks for someone to mow your lawn so um, if he's actually really looking at this, I don't know if he's just, you know, <laughs> talking this up, you know, they're talking this up that, you know, this is why they've got to hike more. Um, but yeah, supposedly this is the new thing that everyone should be watching. You know, <laughs> it seems like they just changed their mind, you know, and they're, you know, they're going to be keep hiking for some reason, you know, and then this will be all forgotten in 12 months. What do you think? Well, I think, I think there is an underlying reason for it. And that is because, um, you had disinflation in the goods sector and services is still where the inflation is. That, yep. That's basically it. So everybody's probably groping around for some way to figure out, you know, how to judge this. And so maybe that's what they've come up with, you know, super cool. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like some uh, sort of new product or something like a, like a super core computer or something, you know? Um, yeah, so that, I think that I mean that is the reality that, that that's where the majority of the inflation still is. So yep. um, uh, that's probably why. Um, but yeah, like I mean, was, uh, you know, they're obviously sounding more dovish. We're getting to the end towards the cycle, but as we've said, I think the question is what happens. Is the expectation still in a lot of markets is that they cut significantly by the end of the year? Mm -hmm. I mean, not all that depends on. Do we have a recession? Um, I, I I think I feel I don't know how you feel. Tell me what you feel. But I feel we've hit peak um, soft landing, um, no landing in the last sort of week or so. Uh, I, I I don't know. I'm just that's just that's based on my own what I'm looking at, which we'll get into in this podcast. Is I've got a few charts and but well, there's people um, talking about fifty. They're going to do fifty next. <laughs> like really, a couple of hawks. Yeah in the fed oh, wow. so but like and what would that do to the market if they reverse course here and did a 50 yeah. that would cause all sorts of panic i think um yeah. i don't i don't think, I don't do think that, they will but... there's no way they could no. do that that's impossible but <laughs> yeah. yeah no uh yeah so i i, I just yeah well, i guess we'll get into that later anyway but um so what are you salty about um, I watched a, I don't know why I did this cause I never usually watch it. I watched, um, Jim Chalmers, the new Australian treasurer giving a press conference. Um, and I was just insulted by the stupidity of journalist questions. Oh. <laughs> like, like, you know, I'm not impressed by Chalmers either, but somebody asked him, cause obviously there's a, 
you would have noticed the pickup in chatter about all oh, mortgage holders are in for a lot more pain. People have finally realized this is happening. I, mm. We've been talking about this for six months. Um, you know, and somebody asked him, well, you know, do you ring up and talk to the Reserve Bank governor before they raise interest rates? Like, the, you know, why are you asking questions? I mean, the whole point of the RBA is that it has to be free from government uh, influence. That's why it's independent. You, you know, and Chalmers, Chalmers gave the prop, he gave the right answer, you know, said, regardless of, because then they got on to talking about whether they should keep Phil Lowe on. He said, regardless of whether we do that, we respect the independence of the RBA, which was the right answer. But I, I just disgraced that. Like, why are you even there, journalist, if you don't know this even basic stuff like the RBA? It's important that the RBA is... Because last week, remember, my salt was about Nick McKim, who wants oh. the, the government to come in and overrule the RBA and take back the rate cut, which is, you know, it's even worse than just not knowing that the RBA is supposed to be independent. But, I mean, if that's the kind of... If your journalistic class or half your journalistic class doesn't know this and you've got idiot politicians like McKim saying that, then this can, you know, this can get, you know... The ball rolling in the in the public starts to think, yeah, why doesn't the government just come in and stop interest rate rises? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. that's my rant. That's yeah, well, I, I I think the journalists are sort of on the on on the side of not knowing, but I think it's more sinister than that. They do know, but mm. they're hoping you know the government will put pressure on them to to do things. Um, yeah. You know, don't you find it strange? Um, so this is this is what always baffles me, and it's why um, it baffles me why libertarians can't get their message out during elections. Is that is that surely the surely the lesson in these types of um, situations, or like in two thousand and eight with pink bats or whatever, is that the government's pretty useless. Like they can't like if we've learned anything from the last sort of nine months, there's not much the government can do about inflation, right? I mean, the RBA is the only one that have got this blunt instrument of monetary policy. It's going to hurt uh, mortgage holders and it's going to hurt discretionary spending and real wages, as we've already seen. Um, but but the answer, these people think that the answer is always government, more government. Well, the government should do this. The government should do that. It's like the, the government has got no ideas. Uh, why do you keep looking to the government? This baffles me. You know? Well, they, they could do, the government could do something. They could, you know trim the fat make it worst well they could trim the fat but <laughs> oh, they're, yeah, they're, they're not going to do that that's seen that's as the complete opposite of what the yeah 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 they could yeah. help inflation there they could trim the fat there and you know yeah. but whoo that's not allowed yeah. is it we get voted no well, <laughs> it's it's interesting watching it's interesting watching um the uh the uh, sort of labor being backed into a corner because they're mm. they're publicly supporting the stage three tax cuts, which primarily help higher yeah. income earners, even I, mean, I, I, I hate this. I hate this con commentary like tax cuts help high income earners. Yeah, well, of course they do. I mean, they if, pay more if you tax. have a five, yeah, if you have a five percent across the board tax cut and you earn two hundred grand as opposed to fifty, guess who's getting a bigger tax cut in dollar terms? It's not hard. Um, it's but you know it's interesting watching them because the left who sort of supports them uh of course hates rich people getting keeping more of their own money you know that's horrible uh for some reason they don't think it's greedy to take other people's money and give it away um, it's fair on that side but yeah, yeah. but keeping your own money is that's that's really unfair <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's interesting what's them getting backed into because labor knows 
they're not stupid stupid. enough to know that if they go back (laughs) on that cut, then there's going to be a lot of pissed off people that (laughs) will change their vote. So uh, that's funny watching that. And then they're just getting predictably squeezed everywhere because high electricity costs they can't really do much about that even if you if you look at the futures market of electricity they're still predicting (laughs) electricity prices are more than doubling this year so you know they're just they're not it's not working anywhere and and all the the left-wing twitterites who are inclined to be in favor of government intervention um you know want the government to do something they've kind of shown you they are impotent um so what anyway it's Let's move on. I could go on about that all day. We, we, when are we starting our politics podcast? We should start one of them. The salty pollies. Oh, that'd be, we can't do anything about that. It would be even too salty, wouldn't it? Yeah, no, it'd, like... be, it'd just be full-on rage the whole time. <laughs> um, there's no upside to that podcast. No, no. <laughs> um, all right, so a little bit of economic news out of Australia this week. Unemployment, it was interesting because we saw the unemployment rate to tick tick up by 0.2, 3.5 to 3.7. Oh, my God, look at that, a 3.7. You know, so I guess the, the scuttlebutt is, oh, maybe the RBA will have a second think. Mm-hmm. I doubt it On based on one report. I thought the, the more interesting chart was the chart on the monthly hours worked. That took a real dive there. I mean, that's... Um, you yeah. can see you can see during the COVID period it's up and down, up and down as you would expect. It's very volatile. It started to smooth out last year. We got a bump, you know, sort of uh, what you know, sort of halfway during the year, and then because I guess that was the pent up from um, yep from opening up, uh, and then that's come off quite. That's that's quite a bit to come off. You know, number of hours worked. Two percent doesn't sound like a lot, but it is in a series like that. It's quite a lot, but we'll see if that you know maybe that reverses out next month. I don't know. Um, that, but yeah, it's 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 one of the things. You know, it, I think we've said this before on this podcast that the RBA doesn't want to come out and say we want to put more people out of work, <laughs> yeah, but I mean yeah. that that is what they want. I mean yeah. because the, uh, and so they'll they'll be happy to see this, whether or not it changes their view on interest rates. I doubt. I'm pretty sure they're going one more time. Uh, the market yeah. thinks they're going two more times. I think most of the market and some of them think three. three. Uh, yep. What do you reckon? Well, well I just wondering what's this drop from? Is this more baby boomers retiring? You know, like are they the ones mm. doing the big hours here or is it more the young people? It's just a bit hard to t- see, you know, these big cumulative type. Just I wonder what segment yeah. is this coming from? Um, a bit concerning. Yeah. Like we're supposed to be the, you know, do mega hours in Australia and then you see that downtick, but. Yeah. Like, like I said, I mean, if you look at that chart prior to COVID, mm. you don't have really big up and ups and downs. Um, and when you do get a down, it, it sort of reverses pretty quickly. Right. Um, this is the biggest sort of leg down in the post COVID era. And, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not sitting here going, Oh, look out. I'm it, it's just, cause like I said, next month could just, bounce straight back up again yeah um but it's just i thought just that's that was the most interesting thing i pulled out of it Mm. Um, yeah um moving on so um earnings season in us now this is palm cap palm valley capital management is he's a he's a small cap guy ran um small cap funds from i think through the mid 90s 
he sort of retired and he's opened this Palm Valley Capital as his own. His name's Eric Cinnamon. He has a blog. He only puts out a post every once in a while, you know, whenever he feels like it. But he he monitors a few hundred stocks. Um, you know, he goes through all their earnings calls and all the rest of it. And um, yeah, so he, what he's pulled out here is a bunch of companies that are all saying their revenues up, yep. but their volumes are down. You know, so and all the all the revenue increases, price increases. So just you can pick anyone there. So look at CSX, merch, you know, revenue up seven percent, nine percent increase in revenue per unit, offset a two percent decline in volume. Um, ETD, you know, net sales two hundred million, partially offset by lower unit volume. So this that's this is the story he's picking out that a lot of companies are reporting sales up and but volumes down. Which is interesting because, as you know, for I don't know why it is in the financial community, we don't talk about inflation-adjusted yes. sales or inflation-adjusted <laughs> earnings. We just say earnings are up 8% and you go, yeah, well, inflation's up 8%, so you had a flat year, basically, you know. Um, yeah, well, yeah, that, so I think- those decline in volume, that shows that margins are compressing, you know, or whatever, um, and yeah. people can't afford it, you know, like they Less people are buying these products, you know, normal supply and demand curve here working out, yep. you know. Um, yeah, you maybe still... that, maybe that margin, those margins are actually <laughs> reverting to the mean as they're supposed to. Yes. Which, you know, mm. um, so I, I just thought that was interesting because it, it appears Australia to me looks in worse trouble than the United States as for reasons that we've talked about before. The household debt in this country is huge, more people on all these reset mortgages, blah, blah, blah. The US looks better. They're further along in the inflation that, you know, the inflation's coming down. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we seem to be still in the thick of it for the most part. Um, but, and so, uh, it, you know, as <clears throat> before we were talking, before we went on air, we talked about um, the fact that uh, you've heard a lot of all soft landing or no landing, you know, mm-hmm. we're just going to sail through in the US <laughs> and may, and this is just sort of a, well, you know, not so fast. Um, to take a look at this stuff. Um, I, I want to know: Are these companies going to cut their prices now? You know, inflation's coming down. Surely these people, you know, I just don't. I think they're sticky. You know, I think they're going to hold here. I don't think people are going to be cutting. Well, this you know, is the thing, Tim. I mean, the reason why, if you go back and have a look at a can of Coke or a house or whatever it is, or in a car, ten years ago, and it was a lot cheaper, is because. They don't come back down. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Do you think so? I mean, like someone in in my line of work who buying things like Coke. I mean, every year Coke puts up their prices, regardless if there's inflation, right? Because they're Coke and they can, and they know you're going to buy Coke anyway. Um, but on top of that, uh, you know, last year I think there were two price rises in Coke, and then they've got the annual one that came out at the end of January. Yeah. So you, you've got a can of Coke that's gone from about 75, 76 cents to 90 cents. This is in Australia, obviously, um, in the last 12 months. You know, mm. That's a uh, 20% increase yep. in a can of Coke. Uh, and <laughs> do I think Coke prices are going to come back down? <laughs> Absolutely not. I mean, I'm sure that there, there probably are, and I don't know how to pass out what will come down. But, uh, I mean, if discretionary retail gets bad enough, you're going to see some massive discounts I and mean, that goes for any retailers i mean if mm. if if there has really been a pull forward in say electronics in jb hi-fi and harvey norman and that i mean you wait if they get caught with a shitload of inventory mm. you're going to see discounts uh, yep. what do you reckon 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I just picked up a washing machine for five hundred bucks, a Samsung washing brand machine. <laughs> yeah, 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 brand new, delivered. So, nice. um, yeah, and then it just popped back up for seven hundred and fifty dollars. So hmm. it just depends on their supply, how much they've got in stock, and when they want to move it. And so, yeah. if they've brought forward too much stuff, you know, future sales, and then they they want to resupply a whole heap, and they're sitting on the shelf. Wow, yeah. and then we hit a downturn. Yeah, like my mates want to buy a boat, and I'm saying, "Hey, just um, hold off a little bit. You don't really need it now. <laughs> if you can hold off six months, yeah. you know, those things will be cheapest chips if we actually do hit a downturn here." So. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, this is just quick one insider transactions ratio, um, highest level since uh, 2022, and you know, that, obviously. To read this chart when insiders are selling, usually bearish signal. Um, so yeah, that doesn't look great. I mean, you know, it's these things have anomalies, anomalies yes. uh, uh-huh. not necessarily ind- indicative of anything. Just thought I'd throw it in. Um, I, I, I came across this uh, Kalash Capital. They had some really interesting charts. So <laughs> they called it the dot. It's compared against the. They called it the dot fraud. <laughs> Uh, dot com, um, and you can see glamour stocks. So yeah, maybe uh, the glamour stocks have got a little bit further to go. It's not. This is not a precise measure. It's whatever they consider glamour uh, stocks. And I think the argument against this may be that a lot of the stocks that high um, large cap tech is much more profitable than it was mm, in yep. the early two thousands. And so there's earnings to underpin some of that, but Maybe there's some more downside to come. That's just, uh, I thought it was an interesting chart. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, it's funny how the, the 2000 bubble, which was seemed so massive at the time, <laughs> just looks like a blip now, doesn't it? But oh. in percentage terms, which is what's yeah. uh, interesting here. So what they've picked out is um, software stocks that ha- have greater than 10 times uh, price to sales ratios, yep. right? So in 2000, they fell 80%. So, I mean, I, I assume that what this does is it excludes unprofitable companies, right? Because to have a price-sales ratio, if you don't have any sales or or if you don't, you, you know, um, oh, uh, I it suppose it, 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 it doesn't, yeah. yeah, sorry, it does include unprofitable ones. But anyway, the, the relationship's, you know, still there. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that that's, that's the problem with, history is that you got a whole generation of investors who they know about the dot-com bubble, but maybe they don't know the exact detail. Like the NASDAQ fell 83% top to bottom, you know, like that, that's, that's, and what we, we, what we do peak to trough this time around 35 yeah. and this time around we were more overvalued. So yeah. Yeah. As soon as I again, hear someone saying price to sales, I'm like, Oh no, not you again. Mm. Like, it's just, oh, <laughs> I just can't handle it. Like it's really, you've been, yeah. you've heard about this problem, but yeah, yeah, it's it's. Oh, I, I, that's why it's why it's the same in every cycle now. Though you know, oh, they're growing sales at thirty percent. Yeah, how's their cash flow? <laughs> Do they have any? Probably not. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, peak, yeah, I think. I mean, I said something like this. I've been saying something like this. That remember that the dot com peaked in March of two thousand and didn't bottom till October twenty twenty two. And so this this idea, this reflexive sort of 
anchoring to recent experience that says, yeah, yeah, we had a bear market and then we go straight back up again. It doesn't have to go like that. I mean, the S&P basically topped out in March of 2000. And then in March of 2000, 2001, it was almost back to its previous peak and then fell 49%. Well, that's what I got caught in COVID. I thought I had time, you know, six months. Yeah. I, and I thought, oh, no, no, I'm going to yeah. wait here a bit more. And nah. Yeah. Ah, but yeah. Buffett got caught as well. So I don't feel too bad. You know, oh, Buffett... Most people did. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Buffett didn't people. get in by, so I don't feel too bad. <laughs> but I mean, we are 16 months from the peak, which is, that's a pretty long yeah. bear market mm-hmm. already. I mean, the, uh, the 2007, I think, when did that peak? October 2007 and bottomed out in March 2009. Mm -hmm. Arguably, you could say it bottomed out because FASB um, got rid of mark-to-market accounting and the (laughs) the market literally bottomed the next day. Um, But that was about all up was, what, 18 months, 17, 18 months? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But did go down a lot further. The S&P was down 55% or so. Um, Anyway. These interesting charts. They don't. They're not predictive. We're not predicting anything <laughs> here. Um, I just thought I'd run through a couple yep. of them. Um, What's this turn. one? Yeah. Yeah. This. This was. This was good. I think it, this is. This is more of a. Um, so. Negative earning firms. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just about investing in, um, you know, okay. cash flow positive profitable companies. That's what. That's all it is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that. That that R twenty five hundred, I think, is the Russell oh, twenty five hundred. Okay. Russell twenty five hundred. What the hell? Yeah, I didn't know there was a Russell twenty five hundred. <laughs> I thought it was Russell two thousand, Russell one thousand, Russell three. But maybe yeah. I don't know okay. if they. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just, because like like we said, as you know, in these in those boom times in twenty twenty one or whatever, people are always in. They're going after these high flyers. Mm-hmm. Stock prices are shooting up. They've got no underlying earnings, and yeah, over the long term, some of them obviously do make it. They they yes. get to a point where they, but a lot of most of them don't. No, yeah, that's the point. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I thought this was an interesting one. Uh, Jesse Felder threw in uh, he or he retweeted that um, stocks do best when unemployment is high, and that's and, and it's it's pretty commonsensical when you think about mm. it because what what he's actually saying well, is. Like. Oh, <laughs> Is that unemployment's high when uh, you've had a recession? Things have bottomed out. With stock prices have bottomed out, so it's best. I mean, in March of two thousand and nine, the the unemployment rate kept going up. I think until about June, but it was already close to ten percent unemployment in mm. March of two thousand and nine. That was the bottom, you know. And obviously, great time to buy S and P six six six. I think it was, wasn't it? Um, yeah, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, and we've had a sevenfold increase. Well, at the peak, we had a sevenfold increase since then. So, um, it's it's got one of those counter. In, it looks counterintuitive, but it's not if you think about it for more than five seconds. Yep. Um, but have you got cash ready? You know that was the problem. You know, like yeah, you got you and, can't be and, trying to raise money now. You know, when it's unemployment's at seven you know, percent. I don't know or if you remember yeah. what you were doing in March of two thousand nine, but I. I was not ready for a rebound because I didn't think that the because FASB had stayed. I mean, they were talking about it, but FASB had 
stayed really tough, like, no, we can't just change our accounting standards just so the banks can pretend they're solvent, right? <laughs> um, because here's the thing about that. The, the media reported this wrongly when they said, oh, you know, the banks have to mark their assets to market. It's not quite true. Most bank assets don't have to be marked to market. So they were only asking for the, the assets that did, which was less than half. And this is, I got this from Jim Chanos because he was on at the time talking about this. He said, look, they, most of their assets, they don't have to mark to market. Okay. Um, it's only certain ones. Uh, but FASB went back on that night. And this was March 2009. And I wasn't prepared for that, you know. And, you know, when it happens, you're like, ah, I got time. Yep. You know, uh, and then, yeah. And then, and then a year later you're going, shit, where, well, where did that, this thing go? That's why I need my VIX 40, you know, to, <laughs> I need some discipline, you know, I, I'm not, you know, I'll just get taken away by whatever the, the sentiment is, you yeah. know, so yeah. Well, you see VIX got down to 17 the other day and I, I actually was looking like <laughs> I'm going on interactive brokers and can I go long VIX, get some VIX puts or something? Because you can't, uh, you can't buy long dated puts on the VIX. It's only short uh, stuff. It's okay. Like, it's speculative. But yeah. Sure. Someone's <laughs> got a product there. They can sell you on that. Yeah. Oh, you can, you can get them. I mean, I, I have mm -hmm. a, um, uh, Pershing oh. through, through Combank. If you want to trade international shares, it's, you have to sign up and get a Pershing account. Um, so you, you can do it that way, but they don't, they just don't offer the range of products you need. Like you, like if you want to buy, a, say, a, a put option on the S and P, it costs you thousands of dollars. They don't yeah. have mini, uh, mini puts. Mini lots, or, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, mini lots of it. Yeah. <laughs> right. So Domino's just picked this week. So this is. Um, I was going to ask you before. We, we, so this is the U.S. based Domino's. Yep. Uh, which is does not incorporate the profits of the Aussie one, or is is no, is, it is it mine? So they don't own it. Any minority interest in the Aussie one? I don't think so, but it could be. Right. I think because it's Australian listed. I think um, I'm not sure, but maybe yeah. um, just the Aussie one. You get franking, you know. I think a bit. So yeah. you know, like I think that's where we'd probably go. But um, I just thought just some of the things I see in their capital allocation are just wonderful. Like. Mm. They're now automating all the pizza dough production in some of their warehouses wow. in the US and spending big on infrastructure um, to automate a whole heap of stuff to, because, you know, the labor shortage, I don't think that's going to get solved overnight. Mm. And these guys are actually putting capital, but this is the problem I've got, you know, <laughs> you've got this, you know, huge outlays, um, you know, and you're going into a higher rate environment. Um, how's this going to do? Um, you can see dividend yield, you're getting payout ratio is only 28%. Yeah. And they're buying back shares as well. Like you can see, they're hooking into that as well. But for me, like, oh, I don't know if I would be doing that. Like when you look at these, but the, the price there is pretty good, you know, price to free cash flow, 24 number there. And that's pretty much online yeah. what you should be buying at it. Um, look at those return on invested capitals in the 40s, you know, yeah. and, and 50s. Like gross margins a little bit low, but, you know, the operating margin still. In the mid-teens here, you're still, and it's, my thesis here is like, when you go into a recession, these sit-down restaurants are going to get hammered. Like, yeah. yeah, but people will still want to have a treat occasionally and still, but where are they going to go? Well, you know, Domino's is pretty much high on that list, I think. That was my question for you, actually, was that um, you're not, so you and the wife and kids go out for your $100 meal. 
takeaway normally. Oh, let's we do that once a week. We're not doing that now. But pizzas are still only costing you what? Uh, I don't know, twenty bucks, twenty five bucks for two pizzas and a yep. bottle of Coke and some garlic bread or something. Um, yep. Yeah, I just wonder how much they get hit. Do you, have you gone back and had a look how they did in nah. uh, I will the financial crisis? I've got yeah. bigger problems than that, as you'll, you'll get to in a minute. You're going to have a heart attack on. Um, so, yeah, yeah. So that's the thesis. Yeah, and I'll go back to 09 and, you know, having a quick look and see how they did. But I think they did fairly well. And yeah. And Terry Smith got scared out of this. Like, this is the one uh. that, like, and it's just compounded heavily since then because, you know, they just kept on cutting rates forever and ever. You know, yeah, there's never yeah. been any increase in rates. You know, they just uptick mm. it and then it goes back down again. So the debt has always been, you know, been recycled, you know, comes back into the system again. They'll be, you know, can refinance every time. You know, there's never been an mm. issue with it. And now they can yeah. reinvest and they keep, you know, this is the things I used to hate. You know, they go put on debt and they do dividends and buybacks. Used to be the thing that I used to hate the most, or I used to rail against it. But mm. you know, when interest rates are low, that's actually you know I was an idiot. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, actually... it becomes a pretty easy equation then, doesn't it? I mean, if you can borrow at one percent and buy back stock, if it yeah, you know, if it makes financial sense, then it's it, it's a good way to return capital to yes. to um, increase the equity value of uh, the shareholders. Um, yeah, but you're just yeah. gambling that the rate's not going to increase, you know, like I thought Mm. that's a bit, you know, risky. You don't know what's going to happen. See on. So that all looks pretty good. And then I go to the next slide and I put up the balance sheet and this is where you will tell me to get lost. And, you know, um, (laughs) (laughs) like you look at the (laughs) cap. Yeah. So currently, you know, current assets versus current liabilities, you're fine. You're dandy. You know, you're, you're beautiful. Um, you know, you're not, you got heaps of money there, you know, they can pump heaps of free cash flow, but then you look at that net debt, you know, you're up to 5 billion Mm. and then you look at your free cash flow here at only, you know, half a billion. Um, so I did something that someone told me a long time, go look up the debt. What are the bonds being issued in? And, um, S and P Dom is triple B plus. So. Mm. That's right on the bottom of investment grade. It's, it's so, basically junk. almost junk. It's like <laughs> it's like in slow motion falling into the bin. Yeah, and you're thinking, wow, uh, junk. I, that should have took me back a little bit. I'm thinking, yeah, mm-hmm. they don't have to pay it back till, you know, the end of the decade, a lot of it, a lot of it. Yeah, but, which they will probably roll anyway. Yeah, they won't actually yeah. do anything. Yeah, they'll just roll it and keep paying buybacks and whatever. But mm. um, yeah, it's not a good trend, is it? It's not a good trend to just see that continue to go up. Um, I mean, I suppose what it, it is that saying it's negative equity, negative equity, total equity is negative. Yeah. Oh, it is too. Yeah, because assets are Jesus. Yeah, they yeah, haven't got any assets. Like it's an asset-like business. This is well, I like it. Obviously, mm. they don't actually own the franchises. Oh, I should have mentioned all that first. You know, they just yeah, yeah. But obviously, they're reinvesting in the distribution centers and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but you look, it was like two billion, two thousand five, the net yeah. debt, and now you're like more than double it. Now we're not that. Mm. You know, six years mm. later, um, yeah, and 
will they be able to roll this over in a couple of years' time? I've got tranches of it, obviously, oh, in the next few years. Yeah. But so they're probably fine because they've got the free cash flow to, to do that. Um, but if it turns into a harder landing um, and people actually don't go to restaurants at all, like my thesis falls apart here, yeah. Um, you know, yeah, it's, it's not going to look good. But the Which question, interest cover then? Um, oh, I didn't get that. Free cash flows, so let's call it half a bill. Mm-hmm. Do you know you you know what the interest cover is? Like, no, no, not off the top no. of my head. But yeah. yeah, I think they've they're fine currently. But mm. as you can see from the current ratio, there is it's brilliant. You know they've got yeah eight hundred and they've only got six hundred in current liabilities, but um, just a huge amount of debt. So my question to you is. <laughs> in the part of it, yeah, this is one of these things that I'm trying to, you know, oh, this is going to look really terrible. Like if interest yeah. rates hold where they are, um, people are going to go after this pretty hard and we hit a recession. Um, some of that free cash flow disappears. Yeah. You know, this is the one you could have courage to go, yeah, yeah, I'm going to buy it because <laughs> it's going to come out really strong. What do well, you question think? question there is, 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 so there's got to be a reason why banks are willing to extend them this much debt whilst having, mm. you know, negative equity. There must be a reason for that. Um, but whatever that reason is, is it a sort of, well, they've done well so far, so why not? You know, because yes. that's not a good reason. <laughs> you know, is, is it the type of reason that can just turn on a dime when people just go, wait a minute, these guys have uh, got a shitload of debt, no equity, um, <laughs> barely, you know, cash, you know, uh, and may have difficulty rolling debt. You know, I, again, I, I wanted to talk to Howard Marks. You know, what does he think about the triple B plus debt? Is he buying it? Um, uh, yeah, I doubt he would be, you know, because he's looking yeah. risk adjusted. You'd be thinking, wow, this is a little bit. But Terry Smith, I was just going back to him. Like he was just mm. five years too early. So I don't think right. the, the brother was wrong on this one. It just, you know, mm. he didn't anticipate the cuts would continue and QE would, you know, go on forever until inflation got out of hand. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So I don't know if Terry oh. will go buy a bottom pick tickets and go back into it. I think, <laughs> I think he's got enough good stuff. He doesn't have to do that sort of crazy stuff. So. Yeah. Well, let's put the call out to our um, Legion army of uh, watchers. Let's ask them. What do you think uh, about Domino's Pizza? Hmm? Would you be uh, taking a taking a nibble here or not? Um, yeah, that's uh, is that that's all we've got this week, isn't it? Yep. Um, yep. Thanks to Tim for bringing a new stock as usual, and um, we will see you next time.